Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Our special guest this week is a former national title holder for Miss Earth 2018. Yashmin Ware is in the house. She loves to promote lowering, lowering your carbon footprint, being positive, being adversative, really working hard, and she's a former multi-time title holder. So if you are wanting to reach your goals, perhaps become a national title holder, this is an interview that really will help motivate you. Also, if you just want to learn more about lowering your carbon footing and learning more about the environment and national parks, then you should stay tuned. And welcome to the show, Yashmin. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Oh, no, no problem. I, I, it's always a pleasure having um, more lovely friends on the show, especially ones that have had such a very colorful and um, large pageant career. So it's always um, nice to have someone that has really traveled the world and taken full advantage of, of your titles like you have. So... I, I look forward to this interview because I think there's a lot of people that um, can learn um, from your experience. So it's always great to have someone with so much pageant experience on the show. Thank you. You're so flattering. <laughs> well, I mean, it's honest. It's the truth. Um, so is is pageantry a way for you to um, better yourself or um, get your name out there or to make um, a better impact for your personal goals or to make a living? Like, how do you see pageantry for you? So it really started as a hobby for me and as something that my mom and I got to do together when I was 17. That's when I first competed. And I found out that I was really good at pageants and they were so much fun. And it's not just about looking pretty. I got to volunteer and gain so much self-confidence. I was really shy when I was younger. And I don't think I could have ever imagined or seen myself speaking in front of large crowds with confidence. But throughout the years, I've been able to really work on my public speaking and really feel so confident doing that. So I can get thrown in a room and just be able to speak about the work that I've done and what I'm passionate about. And I love that I've really grown into that as a woman because I think it's so important to have that confidence just in general in life. So it's really been a hobby for me. But through this hobby of mine, I've been able to experience so many wonderful things that I never really thought I could have. So last year when I was Miss Earth USA, I got to travel to the Philippines and I was there for a month. And that was absolutely amazing to experience that I'd never been there before. And then after that, I was in Thailand with my family and I came back and I was in LA attending a climate reality workshop with Al Gore, learning about how we can help the planet and advocate for it. And then I was in New York City for Fashion Week in fall and spring. I got to walk in some of the shows wearing Ashley Loren and Pixton designs and that was really fun. So I, I traveled so much and it was really such a wonderful year and I got to end it all uh, by giving up the crown in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we also did some service work in the area and really just knowing how much volunteering I've been able to do 
it's really helped me feel good about the work that I've done for my community and now for my country. And I hope that a lot of young people can see that and it motivates them to get out there and do something not just for themselves, but for the people around them. Well, you know, the, the most amazing thing of that whole story is that it simply started from what you said with you just doing something with your mom. So um, would you agree that, you know, it, just hard work and, you know, having a support system could take you to the same experiences that you've achieved? Absolutely. I'm really fortunate that my family has always supported me in all of the, the dreams and adventures I've had. So with a lot of hard work and a really great support system, you can achieve so many things that you want to do in life. And for people that feel like they don't have that support system, that's a really tough feeling to deal with. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel that way. So if you feel like you can't get that from your family or from your school, then look elsewhere and look in the community for mentorship programs and through your church and other organizations and try to find that and because it can really just help the trajectory of your life so much. So looking at your projection before you did a, a pageant, were you even forward thinking about what your future is? Because it sounds like today you really are much forward thinking. You're looking from just the, the brief conversation we've had. I'm just the type of person that always is looking forward to the future and what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to get myself there. So even as a young teenager, I was always thinking about, wow, I wonder where I'll be when I'm 25, 26. And I'm so happy to say that now that I am 26 year old, years old, I'm the person and the woman that the younger version of me would have wanted to be. And that's not easy. It takes a lot of hard work. And it's a constant process being that person. But I think everyone should really don't let that younger version of yourself down. You know, if you have dreams, go for it. If you have things you're passionate about, go for it. I mean, that's that's some really good, strong advice there, because some people feel, um, especially when they're young, that um, they don't have the courage to go for it. So do you. Is that something you think you've gotten internally or is that something you've learned from your family or from colleagues? I think it's something that I've had to work on throughout the years. It's not something that can just come with a snap of your fingers. It's a constant process that you're working on. And even now there are things that I struggle with having courage for, but I know when I have those moments, I think back to the times that I've had so much courage to do amazing and wonderful things and it does help me get in a better mindset so tell us about this first pageant how did it go what what type of system like how you know because clearly that pageant made enough impact that you went on to do another one and another one until you got your national title which you know is a huge kudo because most people don't ever get a national title so that's definitely something to be so proud of so and to represent your country on a national stage is even um, some that's something that even Miss America doesn't do. So that's pretty awesome. So, 
Yes, it was really awesome. And I think it meant even more to me because as an Indian American, my family immigrated to the U.S. when I was three years old. So to be able to represent the USA internationally and what it means to be American meant so much to me because I remember when I first started competing, I didn't really see a lot of girls that look like me. And now that I've gotten older and been in the industry for quite a while, I am seeing that more. And I love seeing that diversity in all aspects of pageantry, modeling, entertainment, everywhere. It's really great to see that. And it makes me happy to know that I was also able to contribute in my own way to that. And to go back and answer your first question, the first pageant I ever did was Miss Maryland Teen USA. And I was 17 years old. And I think I competed with about 60 girls and I placed second runner up in my first pageant ever. So that was a really big deal because, you know, you have no expectations when you're going into something for the first time. So it was really amazing for me and my mom and my family. We were so excited. And then I came back again the next year. And I just kept competing in pageants and really finding what worked for me. It was a lot of fun. Now, is that with no pageant coach getting a second runner up? Is Or, or did you have pageant coaches or is just you and your mom uh, really digging in and, and learning how to, to play the game? It was really mostly just my mom and I getting together. I think my dress was actually from China. I bought it online and it was like a hundred dollars and that was the most I'd ever spent on a dress at that time. So it was a lot for me. And so I didn't have a coach and we were just kind of figuring it out on our own. And that was the fun part of it. You know, we got to bond doing that and experience that together when we went to get our nails done, when we went dress shopping and really figuring out what this whole world of pageants was about. So would you encourage people that are starting out not to necessarily jump into spending a lot of money? Would you recommend gradually getting into it? I think that's a great idea. And it really depends on the individual. If you have the money to spend on things, then go ahead, go for it. And if you feel like it's not going to be a big deal for you, but if you can't afford to spend money on really expensive gowns, earrings, coaching, things like that, then try your best. And we're so lucky nowadays that we have online resources. So get on YouTube and look up videos and watch pageants and study them that way. And talk to people. There are so many resources you can use and you'll be happy to know how many people just want to help you out and see you succeed. So do whatever you're comfortable with and just go into it with your heart. And that's, I think the best way to be successful. Is it, is that something that you personally took advantage? Did you do research online and watch YouTube videos initially? I did. I watched a lot of pageants that had streamed online, like Miss USA, Miss Teen USA. And I think it's a great way to understand a system, especially if you've never competed in it before, and to understand the types of questions they ask, the types of looks that they go for in terms of styling with your clothes and your hair, things like that. So I think it's a valuable resource that people, it's very underrated. People don't really talk about how useful YouTube can be. Do you feel that um, people that are not um, born here have a rougher time doing pageants? Like, I think um, that's a question I think that you could definitely answer, um, seeing that you've had to transition and 
your family has had to transition. So how, how did that, how did that play in to, um, compete with people that are considered to be, um, born Americans? Like, is there any kind of, I guess, disadvantage, I guess is the word, um, that you were at? I wouldn't call it a disadvantage, but I would definitely say it's challenging because a lot of girls I know that competed, their moms had competed before, or they knew a lot of things about, um, let's say buying a dress, things like that, you know? So my parents didn't have prom in India. That wasn't a thing. So we don't, we didn't have long gowns like that. It's not really cultural for us to wear gowns like that. We wear completely different outfits. So it was definitely challenging in that regard, but, uh, you know, that's just part of what being an American is about is figuring things out and, you know, being the very best that you can be at it. That's the American spirit, right? So, um, we got over that challenge, but I think that, especially nowadays, people don't realize how difficult of a time that it can be for immigrants from, you know, yeah, applying, getting into pageantry, but also things like applying to college. That can be so difficult, figuring it out with your parents, and I know that's one of the barriers my family had when I was applying to school, and now I'm in graduate school, and I have a full-time job, so many amazing things, so I would always say when you see people that are different from you, be nice to them because you never know the difficulties that they're facing every day. I mean, that's just some straight up wisdom. I mean, you never know <laughs> who that person is going to be come. So be kind to everyone is, you know, is something that I always preach, but um, the way you're saying it sounds a little bit more elegant. So. <laughs> It's good advice. No, it really is. I think that, and especially um, promoting it to younger people that are starting their journey in life, that to know that, you know, you can reach the highest highs. Um, it's possible with a little hard work and, and a lot of effort. Do you think it's more effort or do you think it's more hard work? I feel like effort and hard work really go hand in hand and they work together. And I definitely think it's a lot of hard work and you have to be committed and have good work ethic. You can't just hope and wish and want for something and leave it up to the stars and destiny. You have to put in your own, you have to do your part of it. So I think, it, you know, there's just so much that goes into being successful. And I don't think... Personally, I don't ever, if I'm doing something, I don't want to look back and think I could have done this better or I didn't really work that hard. I want to think that, yes, I tried my hardest, whether it worked out or not, I feel happy with what I did and I can move on. Well, you know, clearly your effort has, has fully paid off for you. So, I mean, clearly, um, the time that you put into, doing the research and starting um, and then rising up the ranks has definitely paid off for you. Do you, was there a point where you felt that like you're starting to like life is life and pageantry are starting to like intertwine and like, this is starting to be like, um, wow, this is like really changing my life. 
I definitely think that, and I would say that was when I won Miss College Park in 2015, because it was really just such a great pageant, and the director, Angie Rodriguez, she really cares about her title holders, whether you win the pageant or not, even if you are just competing, she really does care about the girls, and we, she provides so much scholarship to each and every single one of the contestants. And as a winner, I believe that year I walked away with $2,200 in scholarship. And that was my last semester at the University of Maryland. So it really, really helped so much. And even after that pageant, I had so many volunteer opportunities. I was able to speak to the mayor of College Park and the city council about the work I had done in the city. I was able to be a mentor for the Miss College Park Princess program with over eight young little girls that, you know, just looked up to me and wanted to be in pageants too. So it was a lot of fun and I felt really good about the work that I was doing. And I would say that that pageant and that title really provided that for me. And is that your first title? That was not my first title. I had competed. I honestly can't remember what my first title was because it's, it's been so long and I've had quite a few over the years, but it was definitely the most. I mean, that's a perk. Me- that's good. You know, <laughs> woo woo. Yeah. Right. That's a good problem to have. It was definitely one of the most special titles I've ever had. And I'm still very involved with the program and with Miss Angie too. Every single pageant I've competed in afterwards, Miss Angie has helped me and really worked with me. So it's a sister, a family and a sisterhood. And I'm very proud to be part of it. Well, it sounds like she definitely becomes part of your team. So that's good to know that that there are systems there that will continue to grow with you. So that that's good because, you know, sometimes people aren't there for you for the long haul. So it sounds like Miss um, College Park is a good system to compete in. So is the requirement that for that system, you, do you just have to attend the University of University of Maryland, or do you just have to be a Maryland resident? Do you, do you know what the rules are? Yeah, so you don't have to attend the University of Maryland. You just have to live in or around College Park. And so that just goes to show how supportive the program is. You know, you, you don't even have to attend the university. <clears throat> I'm sorry, they're just really looking for someone that wants to give back to the community and is interested in continuing their education because they do provide scholarship in the prize. So it's a great system to get involved in. Um, They have interview, evening gown, and I think one more phase of competition, but there's no swimwear. And there's a low entry fee because it's all about supporting women and young students. So um, Miss Angie does a great job with that, and I would definitely encourage everyone to go check it out online and on Facebook as well. I mean, I would definitely encourage it. It's an it's an absolute amazing um, organization. Um, would you recommend um, girls out there to focus on pageants that do give some kind type of school scholarship, um, or 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 is that not the main factor? I really love that I was able to compete and win scholarship 
money because it, it is so helpful, even though I was attending the state university. Um, and I think my tuition was like $3,000 a, a semester. So, you know, that every little bit does help. And so I think it just depends on what you're looking for in a prize. And regardless of what the prize is, just make sure that if you're competing, find out what they are and make sure it's worth your time. Because the last thing you'd want to do is compete and win a title and find out that you don't really have any prizes and it really wasn't worth your time and effort. So simply said, do whatever you think is most valuable. Absolutely. Right. Um, so you held that title for a year. That would, what year was that? Was that 2016, 17, 15, 15, 2015, 15. And then, um, after that, where did you move on from there? So after that, I competed at Miss Maryland earth and I won that pageant. That was really exciting. And after I won, I competed at Miss Earth USA the same year, 2016. And that was um, really an amazing experience. It was in Washington, D.C., and we did a lot of service work at the National Mall with the National Park Service. And I placed top 12. And I was so happy with my performance and to be at a national stage and place top 12. That's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. So I was very happy. And then I kind of took a break from pageants um, because in 2017, unfortunately, I had a really um, major ankle uh, problem and I ended up breaking my ankle and having surgery. So that took up, wow, so much time in my life. Over two years, I've been recovering from ankle problems. And so I took a break from pageants and then I ended up competing at um, Miss Earth USA in 2019 and I had an at-large title I was Miss Mid-Atlantic and I was using that pageant to really help me get back into the swing of things after my surgery and um, I wanted to get back into practice and I was comfortable with this, the system and I'd done so much volunteer work for the environment so I felt good about where I was and then I honestly was not expecting to win. I just wanted to make the top five um, because previously I'd made top 12. So I just thought that made sense. And they just kept calling my name one after the other. And I was like, wow, okay. And then at the end of it, there's just me in Hawaii standing there. And then they call my name that I won. And if you see the video, you can tell how surprised I was. It was a total shock. And really, it was just such an amazing blessing to have that opportunity. And it's something that I'll always remember and never forget. Does the ankle injury make it even better? Because I, I, from your comment there, it sounded like you, you didn't even expect to to be there. Is that Exactly. Because, I mean, I, I'm, you're, I think your, audi your audience will see your photo. So my listeners, you know. She's a very gorgeous girl, so you know she's she's always a very com very um good competitor and very good interview person. So um, I'm not shocked that you would be in top ten, top five, but like um, to get to number one is always very tricky. It's like um, it's like whack a mole. You don't know exactly you know where they're gonna pop up, but you know you know mm -hmm. you're gonna eventually get to final two, but it's not guaranteed. So um, that so that just having that ankle injury and coming back was that to me, it sounded like that would make it much sweeter, like totally surprising and um, never expecting um, to come back on your first try. 
It absolutely did. And that's exactly why I wasn't expecting it because I know I was struggling. Um, and if you go back and watch the video, you can absolutely tell that I'm having difficulty walking because I'm in so much pain. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold it together. And that's right. It really just made it so much more sweeter that you know, I worked hard. Um, and I remember in my top five question, they asked me something about what I've been doing. And I mentioned how, you know, I just started walking again, but I'm still out there volunteering with the National Park Service. Um, so I encourage everyone to get out there with me and make a difference. And I really think that's what helped me really win it was my dedication, regardless of the circumstances I was in. Well, I mean, if I was a judge and I asked you specifically what you, why you took off two years and you said that um, you had an injury and you still volunteered and then you also still took the time to keep yourself um, apprised and also uh, keep yourself in shape, then, you know, even with an injury, that's pretty much someone that's pretty dedicated and sounds like someone would be a great leader of the, of the torch. So, I mean, clearly, um, you know, the injury was a plus in, in some, in some, just to show how dedicated you are. <laughs> so. Yes, I can see that for sure. Um, and I, I really do think that people saw my commitment and perseverance because of that. I mean, it wasn't easy to stay in shape and I definitely didn't have a six pack either. You know, it's really hard to exercise and lose weight and be strong when, you can barely walk and it was my right ankle too. So, you know, your ankle just holds all of your body weight. So there were a lot of exercises I was not able to do, but I still try my best and I ate healthy and I did what I could. And I think that really showed. And, um, that's what made me relatable, right? You know, even though I had this horrible accident happen in my life, I really tried to work hard and get past it and show people that they could really get their dreams and make things happen regardless of their circumstances. So would you, would you say, um, I guess, um, if you're going to do something like starting or a fundraiser or, uh, start a non for profit, do it and show that you can are committed to, to, um, the cause then say, um, to the judges, um, I'm, I'm starting this. Because basically, because I'm just equating it this the way I'm equating is that you already showed that like, even with your injury that you were still volunteering, and you, you were pushing the cause. Right, I think that's really important to do. And um, on another comment, I would just like to say, I think a lot of people think that it's good for them to start nonprofits and do things like that, which is really great if you want to do that. And you have the motivation, but I also want people to realize that there are already so many nonprofits and organizations that you can join and they really need your help. And it can sometimes be more difficult to start something from the ground up, but aligning yourself with an organization that already has roots can really be so much more meaningful and beneficial to the people that you want to help. Fair enough. Um, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, we don't need a million of people raising money. We just need one really great company, um, not for profit that's really helping everyone. So why, why divide and conquer when one, one team can really work hard together. So. Right. That's exactly it. 
I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. What what's the experience being a national title holder? Like um what did um what did you truly learn from that? Because that's um such a rare um uh, it's like uh I guess in comparison for like a pitcher, it's like throwing a no hitter or a perfect game. Um, <laughs> um because you're you really are. I mean they're um they're well, I forget what the statistic there's less people that compete for Miss USA than than play in the Super Bowl. So Right. Um, so it's even less that win the national title. So like, so what's that, like, how do you feel that your life changed and what was those experiences and what do you think that you really got out of that experience? Honestly, I just got out so many wonderful different things that I could have never done before, like the traveling, um, especially being in the Philippines and experiencing that culture for four weeks. That was once in a lifetime opportunity and I can't say that I'm ever gonna do something like that again and then of course the friendships and when I won I was just thinking about all of my friends that I had competed with and how it wasn't just me I was really when I was going to compete at Miss Earth I was really representing and holding on to the dreams of all my friends that were on that stage with me and that was something really special and then when I got back, just all of the other events leading up to the national title, na- national pageant, me giving up my title again, it was it was just so surreal that something that so many people want, I was able to work hard and achieve. And um, I'm, I'm just never going to forget this amazing opportunity I had because I actually, I was accepted into my dream psychology program that year and I had to give that up because they weren't okay with me being in the Philippines for five weeks. So that was a really big sacrifice that I had made. And for a long time, I was debating whether it was the right thing to do or not. And now that I'm talking about it more and more, you know, it's, I'm just never going to have that experience that I had at Miss Earth again. So I'm really lucky that I was able to have it. I mean, I, I would agree with you. Um, There's always another great job out there. And, but having that experience, that's something that you can't go back in time The the clock keeps on ticking. So having that experience at that age and when you, with your family and, you know, that, that's something you can't, you can always go to that place and visit. But, um, I learned that very early in my life that the year, you know, um, February comes every year, but it's February of another year. So, the environment mm-hmm. might be different. The the weather might be different. So, but there's always another job, you know. So, do you feel that now? Like, um, I do feel it because I mean, for me, it was a school program, so it was a little bit different than a job, and it was a very competitive program. So at, at first, I was a little bit disheartened, but I do agree with you, you know, and especially because I think it's a just a very specific time in my life where I was 25 at the time, 
And I firmly believe that if you're passionate about your education, you can always, education is a lifelong journey, right? You should continue learning even when you're 50 or 70, as long as you can read and pick up a book. So I think I made the right decision for me at that time. And I I mean, I was so lucky to have even won. So why give that up? Um, So I'm really happy with my choice. Well, I mean, I mean, to me, I really was your best decision because you went on to compete at a national stage. Um, uh, I mean, a world stage, I apologize, a world stage and had opportunity to represent our country. I mean, that's something that, um, it's a very limited, it's like, you know, doing the Olympics or, um, playing in the world cup. So like, how, how did, how did that experience, um, play out? Was there more pressure, representing an entire country like how how does that feel and how does that play um for you there's definitely a lot more pressure especially representing a country as big as the u.s people really look up to the usa and they love hearing about what you do in your country what your country is like and just because also i was across the world you know it's not like i was in canada which is similar to the u.s i was in asia opposite side of the world so a lot was different and i remember one thing i thought was so funny was when i was in manila and i would see american brands like a starbucks or mcdonald's or kfc it was just so crazy to see so many american things when you weren't even in america so it was really cool and it it just goes to show the kind of pressure that a us title holder can have but at the same time it was a really a fun experience because when people would come up to me and they would be like, oh, what country are you? They would never, when I would say USA, they would just be so surprised because a lot of people don't expect a USA representative to look the way that I look. So to be able to change that perspective in real time was really so interesting to me. And now I hope when people think of the USA, they think of all of the different faces and types and colors of skin that that can mean and represent. Do you feel that you're on the forefront of really the diversion cultures and what America has for several um, several years been called the melting pot, but now it's really showing uh, in our elections and um, in politics, uh, well, I said politi- but in pageants and sports. And do, do you feel that you're, you're starting to be on the pageant side because, you know, Look at all the um, national title holders. We have a uh, first time, um, a whole group of black title holders that basically won all the titles. So that's the first time that USA, America. Um, so do you feel that you're pre- um, in that category of being the first, um, being ethnically diverse and um, being on the forefront of that? Yeah, I definitely think I am there. And um, just speaking on Asian Americans in our country that are in media, entertainment and things like that, there really aren't that many. And in recent years, you know, with Mindy Kaling and Aziz Ansari, we've been able to see more of that and so many other great talented artists. And I love that in my own unique way, I get to contribute to that and make a difference. And 
Um, for me, that's really what pageants are about. It's about making a difference and breaking barriers. And so this goes back to what I said earlier about how you should make your younger self proud and happy of where you are today. I know that my 17-year-old younger self feeling so shy and um, just very insecure walking into pageant orientation thinking, how can a girl that looks like me ever win? Well, now that girl should know that, yes, you can win because I just did it. So why not? Do you feel that with all the experience you have, do you want to give back? Do you want to focus um, in promoting um, people of multiculturalism to compete in pageants? Or are you more going to root in the background and, and cheer them on from the sidelines? I haven't decided yet that, you know, life has just been so crazy since I won my national pageant and now to it's just starting to settle down a little bit, getting back to reality. So I know that I would love to stay part of pageantry in some way and contribute to the next generation of title holders. And I haven't really figured out how I would want to do that yet. But I know that I would love to be part of it and continue attending and judging because those opportunities are also great. And you don't just have to be a title holder to be part of pageants. Do you feel that your pageant career is still uh, evolving or do you think that you're close to hanging it up until um, the marriage pageants may call at your door? (laughs) I think... For me, I am done with pageants, and I say that with a little bit of sadness because they are a lot of fun, but I am getting married this fall in October, so that's... congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. That's really what I'm looking forward to in starting that next chapter in my life, and I've competed for 10 years now, so it's been a very long and fruitful journey, and I don't know if I'll compete in a Mrs. Pageant. I don't want to say never because... You should never say never. So we'll see how that goes and where that road takes us. But right now, I want to focus on my career and getting married and enjoying that new step in life. Well, you know, the, the nice thing is that that there's those opportunities there because for, you know, most people think that if you get married, then you can't have fun. Um, but those 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 experiences are there. So if you want to, you can. That that's so awesome that we are at a point now where it doesn't matter that you do get married, you can still go out and still have fun, and there are still amazing t- uh, titles to win. So I would encourage you if you if you really have an itching that you should really um, scratch it and have some fun. You know. Yes, absolutely. And some Mrs. Pageants are even more competitive than the Miss Pageants. So it'll really be interesting to see how that goes. And I, like you said, I'm happy that we have that opportunity now that women can compete in pageants even after they've had children and been married. Yeah, I I really um, am really happy that some of these archaic rules are being um, wiped away and letting people just, if, you know, I, do you feel that pageants are sports? Because I really think that they're sports. They're just a different type of sport. Yes, I agree with you. It's a sport, the same type of dedication, hard work, training of the physical body, and also your mind goes into it as another sport. So why not consider it that? Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, you have to have your mind in shape. You have to be in physical shape. You have to 
know everything that's going on in your in your county or your state from from the local level and then you know if you're blessed to win that that state title then you need to know from a national you know standpoint so why wouldn't it be recognized as a, as a sport so um, right um how do you like juggle for people that are, are starting it how do you juggle while you had that title how did you juggle both living like your life and then doing public appearances and juggling that work life um, um, schedule it's definitely difficult and i would say that to everyone that is competing and you want that title but you aren't ready to give it that time commitment that it deserves just be ready be careful what you wish for because when you get that national or state title it's going to take up a lot of your time so make sure you have that ability to a lot different time to the different parts of your life so i know for me i didn't get to hang out with my friends as much as I wanted to because I would be doing appearances or volunteering and they were very understanding fortunately so I would invite them to volunteer with me and I actually quit my job after I had won my national title because I really wanted to spend the four months after I, th I don't even think it was four months it was like three after I'd won my national title to prepare for Miss Earth so I stopped working so I could really make that my full-time job and commit to doing appearances exercising and uh, prepping for my international travel. So it's a huge time commitment. And I think a lot of people don't realize that and aren't educated on that. But don't be fooled. You really have to give it your all if you want the best experience out of it. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, if you want something and you definitely need the time to achieve it, you have to put the certain things in front of other things to achieve your goal. So mm -hmm. um. Did you, did you find that you could really um, narrow down who were really there for you as a friend and people that were there that were just like, oh, that you, that you're now uh, a title holder with, with having that, that level of a title, um, were you able to really see who was there because they really liked you and they want to support you and people that were just there because you had the crown? I'm sure there were a little bit of both, but for me, it was just amazing to feel the overwhelming amount of support that I was receiving after I'd won. It was really just so wonderful to be able to be part of a community that was rooting for me, whether I won the international title or not. So that was great. And that's just how situations are in life. They're not black and white. There's a lot of gray area. But at the end of the day, I'm happy for the friendships that I was able to make for my experience and continue on even to this point almost two years later. And that's really, you just always have to try to look for that silver lining in any situation in life. So ongoing, the, the main goal is you're focusing on your wedding. So w what's... um. Who's the lucky guy, first off? Because he's lucky to marry you. It's not the other way around. So. Oh, you're so funny. His <laughs> name is Himanshu. He's very special to me. He's originally awesome. from Florida. But he has been living here in D.C. for work for the past couple of years. Um, and we actually met... Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I hate telling people this, but we actually met on a dating app, which is, you know, everyone does that in 2020 now, so I shouldn't feel embarrassed, but it's they okay. Really do. So, I think the percentage yes. is over 60%, so. 
Exactly. So, you know, it just makes sense. If you feel like you're not finding anyone around you, why not open yourself up to get your perfect soulmate? And that's exactly what happened to me. And we've been, our three-year anniversary is actually coming up in March. So we've been together for three years and we're tying the knot in October. We're still trying to find a venue. So we're debating um, about here or Houston, where his family's from, or we might even think of Europe. Who knows? Well, I mean, that's awesome that you guys have the luxury of, of, of um, having so many um, opportunities there. So I'm sure the photos are going to look incredible in the video. So um, I, just because, uh, you know, people have don't have as much success, do you have any tips to wrangling in the right guy? Do you, Is there any kind of like witty humor that you used on your profile that um, <laughs> do you think that was just good or were you just really blunt? You know, I'm looking for someone who um, is willing to um, work with a girl who has a national title. Like, like um, how did you go about it? So I do have a really sarcastic humor. So I displayed some of that in my profile and um, he did too, which is probably why we really matched with each other. And then I was just myself. And I think that's, what's most important. I don't, I think sometimes people get too serious because they really just want to find the right person and get married and settle down. So if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But at the end of the day, try and get to know the other person behind the screen and spend time with them and get to know who they really are and base your decision off that. And I just think for everyone, you just have to be patient. I really do believe that if you want to find love, you'll find it. I mean, there are over 7 billion people in this world. So st just statistically speaking for the numbers, you're gonna find someone. So don't worry, just hang in there. Well, f for someone who's a huge, um, hopeless romantic i i will take that to heart so hopefully <laughs> um i mean it would make sense uh, you know it'd be a tragic if um if everyone can't find love there, there's got to be someone for everyone so i will yes. hold you for those numbers exactly um, i'm telling you statistically speaking it just has to happen well keep fingers crossed and and we'll continue uh hoping on that mm-hmm I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at MAV. PP.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. All right. So this is the part of the show where I let my guest basically take over the show for a couple minutes and uh, highlight anything that he or she may, uh, uh, we, that we have may uh, glossed over, which I apologize, but it's really important and we want to highlight. So what, is on topic currently at this moment that you want to highlight and you want to, the people to know more about? Sure. So the Miss College Park pageant uh, is a scholarship pageant. So they really rely a lot on 
people's events and donations coming in and they're having a bingo event coming up in March. So I would encourage anyone that loves to play bingo to go on over to that event. You can find it on Facebook if you just search for the Miss College Park Scholarship Pageant. And they have a ton of fun prizes like coach bags, Michael Kors, Lily Pulitzer, so many amazing prizes and bingo is always fun. So head over there. And then I am from Maryland. So spring is slowly approaching upon us. And with that, I would love to remind you all to please visit your park, a national park, and volunteer for them, help with cleanups, and just visit them and give them your patronage and experience the beautiful wonders our country has to offer because they're very dear to my heart. And I hope through that experience, people can find ways to take care of our planet and give back. And if you can do one thing to reduce your carbon footprint, go ahead and try it. So for me, that meant switching from plastic water bottles to a reusable one and ditching plastic straws. So I'd love to know what you all can find to do to help save our planet. And you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Yashvi Aware. You know, I think those are really important things. One, um, what would be your um, best purse to win at the bingo? Two, um, what's your favorite park to go to? Oh, okay. So my the best purse to win probably would be, I feel like I'm really into coach for this spring collection. So I'm sure Miss Angie picked up some really cute, cute coach bags. That hey, we'll as a guy, I love to coach too. So I'm, I'm with <laughs> you on that. I like to, I just like their design. So yep. Yes, very cute. And they have a lot of guys stuff too. So you should definitely check them out. But it looks better and... when the girl holds it. Okay. But I just like the design. You know. Yes. And then my favorite park, there's just, there's so many beautiful national parks and I unfortunately haven't been able to visit them all, but they're on my list. But I'm going to say that last year I got to visit Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado and it was absolutely breathtaking. So if you haven't already, go visit, experience the cold and the snow and those beautiful peaks in Colorado. Well, yeah, that's a, I mean, with us being both East Coast person, I was thinking, ah, oh, she's going to say something like um, um, one, one of these East Coast, but to throw out, throw out a uh, West, West Coast park, that's a great idea. So, yeah, would you <laughs> encourage them to go in the winter specifically because um, it's, a, it's a definitely more um, adventurous type of um, experience? Yes, it's definitely beautiful because of the snow, but you honestly have to be careful because I remember I went last March and there was a really big snowstorm coming and they were closing all of the airports in Denver. So you just have to be careful because you don't want to get snowed in either, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I have to say that I'm trying my best to reduce my carbon footing. I drive an electric vehicle. And I don't, I'm sure you don't eat fast food that much, but McDonald's, um, Burger King starting this month actually started doing paper straws. So that's wow. pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, hopefully we can get all of the fast food chains to, to do, uh, paper straws, but, um, you know, just continue beating that, um, drum and getting rid of, um, one, one use, uh, plastic items, which I'm sure, um, you're in favor of so absolutely are you um are you one of the um millions of people that 
encourage um, bringing the little the duffel bags to the grocery store and not not using any of the uh, materials at the checkout counter as well. Yes, they definitely advocate for that. It's just plastic bags are such a nuisance and they it's really difficult to get plastic recycled in general, contrary to popular belief. It's not as easy as you might think it is. So a way that we can combat that is just going to the beginning of the cycle and not even using plastic. So go back to using reusable bags and containers that you can use over and over instead of something that you're just going to throw away. Don't be so wasteful and just think about you know, the heaps of trash that are going to be lying around from the things you use every day. Well, not just that. Like if um, you drop the bag and it blows away, then it eventually lands into a park and then it rolls down the stream and then it then eventually gets into the ocean. So just by preventing using it, it never gets into the ecosystem and never damages anyone from any point. So, you know. Right. Um. Is that is that another thing that you're just going to really take to heart and you're going to really um, continue changing um, and pushing to clean the environment and also reducing your carbon footing? Is that something that you're really committed to for the rest of your life to try to change that? It is something I'm committed to for my generation and the one that comes after it. It's something I really care about. And because I've done so much volunteer work uh, with environmental campaigns, working to clean up plastic uh, messes everywhere, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I'll give you an example. For my wedding, we're looking at venues and something that's really big on my list is finding a venue that's sustainable. So I don't want to just get married and have a really fun celebration and then create mounds of trash. I want to know that the place that we're using for our venue uses sustainable practices um, everywhere. So from the electricity that they're harvesting to the sort of China and silverware and plastic and paper straws that they'll have. I really want to check that off. So I think that's how a lot of people are changing their mindset now. And I think more people should adopt it and we should definitely continue this trend and not just let it go. Well, you know, for an event like a wedding for you to be so um, persuasive to, to be that uh, cautious is, is really commendative because you could um, go a little, uh, less conservative on that and pay a little less but um it's it's awesome that you're you're going to make sure you're going to basically reward someone who's doing the right thing and helping the environment so i mean a lot of people um wouldn't make the extra effort so i commend you to to do the research and to um to find a venue and i hope you promote that person too because if you're going to do all that uh effort to do that you know, that's a great resource for anyone who wants to to have a big party like that and then know that they're not polluting the um, environment just by having a party. Absolutely. And I feel like what is the point of having a beautiful event and a party knowing that you're just going to create so much waste and so, so much of a mess for other people to clean up? So it's really just about being more aware, self-aware and conscious of the mark that you leave on our planet. Do you have any like uh, tips to um, for um, before we uh, say goodbye? Anything to recommendation on just daily day things to reduce your com- um, your uh, carbon foot 
footprint? I know you said no straws, no plastic bags, but is there anything else that you'd recommend? Like, are you in favor of electric cars or um, solar panels? Like, what what do you what do you think? Yeah, so I definitely think um, you know whatever you can do in your life uh, helps. So if you know if you can't afford to change to solar panels or buy an electric vehicle, that's fine. Just try in other ways. And I think one of the easiest ways that a lot of people look over is about what you eat. So when you go to the grocery store, try to do a little bit more research about where the seafood you're purchasing comes from, whether it's farmed or it's natural, and um, that goes everywhere in the supply chain. So try to find out where the eggs that you're getting from come from. And another thing is that I practice is called meatless Tuesdays. So some one day of the week, you don't have meat. And that really helps reduce your carbon footprint because there are a lot of greenhouse gases that are used and emitted in producing meat. That's a really big um, culprit. So I would tell challenge everyone to try having one meatless day in your week. And is it true that cows emit by barching bar, barching and, and 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 um and flatulence that that's uh, enough that it's actually the same emitting that uh, a car um and that 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 adds to the level of co2 that's in the environment is that correct it, it definitely does add to it, but it's not just that. It's also the food that the cows eat because a lot of them are eating um, corn products. So then you have to think about all the corn that's farmed to feed these cows and then all the resources that goes into that. So there is just so much complexity and all of that and that's one more thing a lot of people don't realize where the food comes from and I was one of those people too and I still don't know sometimes but do your research learn more about the supply chain where your meat your vegetables and things like that come from and you'll be so surprised to know that sometimes a lot of the times actually the food you eat doesn't even come from the U.S. anymore it comes from out of the country it's just so interesting to know and learn is there any um helpful apps that help you do that or is there a website that you go to that you trust um or do you have uh, a book that you've purchased that that gives you a little bit insight on on that kind of items I actually don't have any either of those. That would be great to have, but I do trust bigger resources like Politico or CNN for their reporting on such matters. And then I also try to um, visit the USDA website because that's a government website, so they are very factual in what they display. So it's really just about doing your research online and finding the most credible sources. So it sounds like then maybe we've hit on a, um, a gold mine. It sounds like we need a website that you could scan um, the barcode or the, um, the, the UPC um, from the, the actual um, produce item and find out where it's being shipped from. Yeah, that would be amazing. And I actually watched something on Netflix. It was about honey and where honey comes from and how it's been corrupted and it's a really big industry. I completely forget what it's called, but I feel like if you Googled something along those lines, you'd find it out. Oh, but there are a lot of documentaries on Netflix that outline the problems that we have with supply chains. Well, yeah, I, so you, so it's like honey something. So guys, um, look that up and definitely, uh, watch that. And I, um, just a little knowledge I know about honey. Honey is definitely a commodity that people go out of their way. It's li literally liquid gold. So it wouldn't surprise right. me that, um, people have corrupted that in any, in lots of ways. So well, um, this has been 
absolutely educational and I really do appreciate your time and uh, I really do thank you for coming on the show and telling us your life story and really your experiences and I really hope that everyone has really learned something from it and they will go on to be um, great uh, uh, local and uh, state and maybe national title holders so if there's anything else we'd love to talk to you about otherwise I I, I would love to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It was really such a pleasure, and I look forward to working with you again in the future. I, I would look forward to it, and um, anytime you have something new on, I would love for you to come on and tell us all about it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for coming on the show and just really giving us a real deep dive into learning about carbon footing, um, going to national parks, volunteering, and what it, the experience of being a national title holder. Um, it's just a really rare environment and rare air, and I know you're very humble, but it's just something that, it, that anyone can learn. Um, being so successful in a certain field is to be commended for, and um, I think we are all lost by you retiring um but um i hope that someone will convince you to come out of retirement after um several years of of happy wedding bliss and to that note we here at the total focus podcast really want to wish you a happy wedding and really hope your wedding and your honeymoon go incredibly awesome and Hope there's only happiness in your future. Don't forget, everyone, that our show drops every Thursday afternoon, so please stay tuned. Please give us a like and a comment. Either give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Comments are, are always appreciated, negative or positive. It's always a comment, so we appreciate the, the feedback. Please. We're both on iTunes and on YouTube, so please sign up and always stay tuned.